Hi, welcome to the 66th episode of In The Between. My name is Danny. And I'm Nadia. And today, we'll be talking about... Two things. <laughs> travel and non-travel. Yeah. Two things. So the first one would be uh, the recent uh, conference, the Fashion Multilog that happened over the past weekend. Mm. A past past weekend um, and it was organized by the American uh, University in Paris so if things went according to plan um, the conference would have happened in Paris and academics and lecturers and students from all over the world would have met there uh, to discuss about the future of fashion and what kind of fashion education is needed now. Uh, but of course, we can't travel. So that's the second part of the podcast. We'll be talking about travel wardrobes. Yeah. So, I mean, the fashion multi-look um, happened over two days. And um, I participated in one of the paper presentations, um, which was a panel about um, inclusion in fashion education. So I presented um, some of the case studies of how I teach in in LaSalle and my practice. And there was, I um, spoke a bit about my practice as a podcaster and in the vitrine and um, with my research on art, like fictional archives as well. Yeah, and uh, I only attended Danny's <laughs> panel uh, to give support to Danny. And Danny did such a wonderful job. I thought hers was the best of the panel. Well, not that we're comparing, but we are a little bit. And, you know, it was just so rich in um, imagery and thought. And um, it was also exciting as well. I thought that the students' outcomes that you showed were really fabulous. Um, and it just shows, you know, that... Uh, I guess a conference about fashion education, which might seem a little dry, right? Like it's pedagogical. Uh, it can also be really fascinating and it can give us ideas about how to approach it, not only through teaching, but also then, you know, how do we approach it in our research? Uh, what questions are there? How do the students engage with the methods? And um, yeah, it's just really exciting. I mean, we always say how we learn as much from our students as yeah. we do from us, maybe even more, because sometimes we think of a framework and then they're the ones who fill it in and, you know, really make us think as well. So I thought that was very fascinating. Yeah, it's true. And um, I attended the Fashion Multilog last year as a participant. So since then, I've been thinking a lot about like, because, you know, I mean, unless you go to a teaching college where they teach you specific methods to teach, most of us teach based on how we've been taught. Um, and so we sometimes we might pass on like bad habits or like, you know, preconceived um, Thing, uh, ideas or ideologies and so um, it really made me think about like what I was doing in the classroom and like what kind of methods have I brought from my MA for example to teach students so one of the methods I spoke about was wardrobe methods so this was a method that was started by was put into a book by Kate Fletcher and Ingun Klepp and it's just a method of going into um different people's wardrobe but this has allowed students to come up with such interesting um, dissertation papers um, focusing on how people um, arrange their arrange and um, um, you know build their identity through their clothes yeah. Yeah, definitely um, I definitely hear you on that because you know even in our own I, I guess you know if you think back to when we first started teaching at LaSalle to now it's been such 
major shifts along the way, right? Because we taught how we were taught. And then after all, we're like, hey, wait a minute, like there's something wrong with this, like, you know, decolonizing it, being more inclusive, things like that. So I've definitely seen, seen um, how it's changed for me. And then we also influence each other within the team. Um, so sometimes, you know, you try something or I try something, I'm like, oh gosh, you know, it worked or like, we really need to go in this direction. So yeah, that's been the fun part. And I guess for the fashion multi-log, um, even just within your panel, it was interesting to hear from the other panelists how they approach it and uh, how they approach it within their specific context, right? Within, you know, the group that they are teaching. I remember the last paper was about teaching to students who were visually impaired, right? Yes. Um, and that was such a fascinating thing to think about because, you know, we think that fashion is so visual. I mean, of course, there's haptic qualities and all that, but it is so visual. So how do you teach it to students who... Um, have this impairment so yeah, yeah that was quite nice and i think it's you know attending a conference is really about just like opening up ideas and questions which is fun yeah. um yeah so i guess on that note i mean yes no paris but then you know it's also still nice to just be able to access all of this amazing information on the web because we haven't been able to travel but i think now in singapore we are starting to uh dream again about traveling because there are these Oh gosh, I don't know what VTL stands for. Is it vaccinated travel lanes? Uh, yeah, vaccinated travel lanes. Okay, so um, these lanes are like opened up between Singapore and select countries. And I'm sure there'll be more as time goes by. But I think now there are 14. Is that correct? 14? Gosh, I'm like doing this podcast. Day, I have very vague ideas. About. Every day there's new ones. But um, yeah, yeah and, and there are still some procedures that you have to do so for example you have to book a PCR test um, yeah. before you come back to Singapore and then you have to have like this uh, pass like vaccine uh, PCR test results and then when you arrive you have to prepay for another PCR test yeah. so it, it made me just think of all these like uh, additional things that are going to be required for future travel um, and how you know, there, there are some events in the world that completely change the way that we do things. So in the, like 50 years ago, you could smoke in a plane, you know, you, you could like smoke cigarettes and you just like uh, jump into a plane, but now you've got all these different procedures. Yeah. I mean, not even to say like, you know, having to wear a mask throughout and then like um, thinking about packing. Okay. For me, when I pack to go, I do not, if I'm traveling quite, um, to a destination that's quite near, I try not to do check-in luggage because I always have this fear like it's going to get lost or I'm going to wait a long time at the airport, which I hate, for it to come down the carousel. Like I always feel like mine is the last one to come out. And so it's about that check-in luggage and trying to bring as few things as possible. And I'm just wondering whether that will remain the same moving forward, you know, if that is the wise thing to do because I think you were telling me that it's also uh, more hygienic right? If you just bring a check, a uh, uh, carry-on rather yeah. than checking in the luggage. And why is that? Um, it was some, it was an article I read about some changes that might happen in terms of like traveling lifestyles and um, just like this, how they're going to encourage people maybe through a cheaper airplane ticket or in different ways to encourage people to just carry a carry-on. Um, because when you have a check-in luggage, you just there's so many extra procedures and like human contact that comes and 
Um, and it also made me think of how, when I saw this exhibition about um, Louis Vuitton, like at the beginning, having all these big um, Louis Vuitton cases for specific right. things, like your silk blouses and big uh, gowns and you know somebody, one person would travel with so many things and yeah. as we go on to the future perhaps we're just gonna like carry like uh, a tiny jacquemus bag and then <laughs> all our clothes will be like buttons and then we'll just like change our clothes so yeah. but I always uh, I also like you um, once for a month trip in Europe I just took like a small like carry on with me it was the summer so it's much easier and one of my favorite types of clothes to bring uh, for traveling is like um, pleats please because they they are not they don't need to be ironed they can be mixed and matched and um, they they expand and like they look really to me it's like one of those uh, like capsules that looks very futuristic and timeless so I feel like I'll be 80 and still wearing um, this like pleats please garments <laughs> yes I, I used to have this pleats please um dress that I bought from like a consignment store in in Tokyo and I loved it so much because it's really light you can like fold it into a small little like um square yeah, yeah. and so it takes up no space at all and no weight and then I had another one which I uh, another piece of clothing which I loved bringing on travels with me which was a uh, in good company jumpsuit which oh. was also polyester because it was like wrinkle free um, and it was just very presentable because I think you and I are like when we travel, we try not to appear too touristy, right? We try not to appear like tourists. We want to blend in, we want to still look chic and still feel like ourselves. So that's a good thing to do. Um, and I guess moving forward, you know, it, those things will remain the same. But then it's more like how else do you um, streamline other things that you will bring on the trip now that you also need to worry about paraphernalia like I don't know, masks and hand sanitizers and things like that. Um, will we try to buy things as we arrive at places? I mean, I, I usually do that already, you know, just to think about how not to bulk up my existing luggage. So for example, if I'm just doing a check-in, a no check-in luggage, just carry on, then I might buy like, you know, shampoo and things like that that will need um, when I arrive at my destination. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to my next trip, although I don't know when that is. I just feel like right now, it doesn't feel that safe to me because if the countries are going to, you know, people are not masking up, like is that added risk and things like that. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I think, I mean, I'm not going anywhere. I don't think in the December holidays, but it, it was interesting for me to just think of like, how future wardrobes or how future travel wardrobes might might change in that way and I remember a couple of years ago a student did a final year um, a final year project where they came up with this um, wardrobe that you can rent in different countries that you might visit so you literally don't pack any I mean you pack very little with you and then you just rent the wardrobe um, when where you are and, and then idea. yeah and the clothes can be uh, suited for the locale and for you don't have to wash it <laughs> you don't have to wash yeah, it. I mean there are all these like rent uh, rental places all around the world in like you know um, cities right so you know if you look that up and then you could pretty much have a fabulous wardrobe and not have to worry about cleaning up although I'm not sure whether they would like deliver to hotels and things so that's another yeah. thing to <laughs> idea <about. laughs> 
but I guess that's all we have for today. Um, you know, like a romp through the fashion multi-log and then thinking, dreaming about traveling again and what that will look like uh, for the future. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Till the next time, bye. Bye.